We're talking today on FoxCast with Catherine Wadwani and Bill Maruka in Pittsburgh about the critically important topic of physician recruitment. Catherine recently presented a webinar on the issue and will share some highlights with us today. She co-chairs the firm's National Immigration Group and for more than 20 years has focused exclusively on immigration law. She represents clients in nearly all types of business immigration matters, including many healthcare employers. Bill has been named as one of the leading healthcare attorneys in Pennsylvania by Chambers USA. He has extensive healthcare law experience, mainly representing health-related ventures. Bill also is a prolific speaker, teacher, and writer on myriad healthcare topics. Catherine, Bill, good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. Catherine, you and your colleagues Margaret Devino and Catherine Barbieri recently led a webinar on tips and considerations for hard-to-fill physician positions, uh, including use of the immigration process for finding talent. Uh, yes, physician supply and demand continue to be major issues impacting our healthcare clients. About 7,000 more primary care physicians are needed in shortage areas, and this includes 21,000 to 55,000 primary care physicians and up to 65,000 specialists. Hmm. How do residency spots factor into physician recruitment? Well, international medical graduates can be an excellent source of talent, especially for healthcare employers in shortage areas. Hmm. To make it work, um, employer sponsorship is required. Often, international medical graduates who complete their training in the U.S. are obligated to spend three years working in a shortage area, and which can be great in a difficult to recruit area. Bill, uh, are there physicians, uh, uh, advantages to physicians working in rural areas? Practicing in a rural region has many benefits for the right type of candidate. It provides a broader exposure to medical issues and the opportunity to gain more comprehensive experience. Physicians often have more autonomy, higher quality of life, better clinical support and technology, and can receive more unique incentives. This type of environment can be very appealing to physicians from other countries. Catherine, you've been helping clients look at the concept of J-1 waivered physicians. Yes, the J-1 waiver option can be very helpful to healthcare employers who are located in underserved areas, as well as those who provide care to patients residing in underserved areas. Hmm. With government waivers, the J-1 waiver essentially waives the requirement of a J-1 physician to reside in his or her home country for two years in exchange for working in in the shortage area for three years. Employer sponsorship is needed for the physician to fulfill the waiver commitment. Catherine, which government agencies can recommend J-1 waivers for physicians? A state health office can recommend a Conrad, State 30, or a Flex waiver, and that's probably the most commonly used program, but also there are Appalachian Regional Commission waivers, Health and Human Services, Department of Veterans Affairs, and the Delta Regional Authority. And really, any federal government agency can sponsor a waiver if it believes that the waiver is in the public interest. Catherine, tell us more about Conrad State 30. Okay, the Conrad waiver program has been around since about 1994. And at present, states can approve up to 30 waivers each. It's a federal law, but states can add their own rules. There are various requirements, such as a commitment to three years work uh, on a full-time basis in a designated area or providing care to patients who reside in a shortage area, 
uh, agreeing to report for work within 90 days of waiver approval, and a few other requirements as well. Catherine, what are some of the requirements of the Appalachian Regional Commission? Well, in addition to the requirements that I just mentioned, um, which also apply to ARC waivers, the physicians and the um, practice must accept Medicare and Medicaid and provide care to indigent uninsured patients and not charge more than the usual and customary rate for services in the particular health professional shortage area. Hmm. And, and they have to offer a sliding fee scale to patients, which is at or below 200% of the federal poverty income guidelines. Also, it's important to show recruitment, that the recruitment evidence meets ARC's requirements because they are very specific and there's certain mandatory contract language too, among other things. Catherine and, and Health and Human Services has its own clinical J-1 waivers. Yes, that's right. HHS only considers primary care physicians and general psychiatrists under their program. And the work location must only be in a health professional shortage area with a score of seven or higher. Otherwise, the requirements are really somewhat similar to the, those that I already described for the other programs. What about hardship and persecution waivers? Well, these are typically filed by the physician rather than the employer. Uh, for a hardship waiver, the physician has to show exceptional hardship to his or her U.S. citizen or lawful permanent resident, spouse, or child. The physician must demonstrate exceptional hardship, both if the relatives move abroad with the physician for two years or if they stay in the U.S while the physician is abroad. And status must still be pursued for the physician in order for that doctor to remain here in the US. A candidate is immediately eligible to do this. In a persecution waiver, which is a very high standard, the candidate must furnish evidence that he or she would be persecuted in the home country due to race, religion, or political opinion. Let's loop Bill Maruka back into this discussion. Bill, once a candidate is identified and the negotiation process begins, what are some of the issues to be considered? Many states still default to consider most employees employed at will. Some healthcare organizations rely on an offer letter rather than an employment agreement, either an elaborate or a simple document. Some institutions use physician manuals as a repository of all standard clauses for employment agreements. Some key things to consider are the start date, service issues, limits on outside activities and compensation. Others are productivity compensation, regulatory concerns, and professional liability insurance. There are many more. And I'll just add that the government waiver programs typically require specific contract language. Um, when the new hire is an international med medical graduate, I provide input on the contract, um, for example, to Bill when he's negotiating the contract or helping to negotiate the contract, but I provide input for the immigration purposes. Hmm. Bill, can hospitals financially subsidize private medical groups who recruit new physicians? Yes, but there are limitations. A hospital can generally only guarantee an amount up to the incremental cost of recruiting and employing the new physician. This can include recruiters' fees, salary, bonus, benefits, and insurance. If any space, personnel, or equipment is needed exclusively to support the recruit, those can be included too. 
The group cannot impose practice restrictions that unreasonably restrict the recruited physician's ability to practice medicine in the geographic area served by the hospital. The recruit must be free to join other hospital staffs and to admit or refer to other facilities. These arrangements are usually structured as forgivable loans to the practice, which are conditioned on the new physician staying in the community for a set period, one to two times the length of the guarantee period. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. There is so much more we could discuss about physician recruitment, including pathways to U.S. permanent residence, recruiting agreements, employment contracts, J-1 waiver contract requirements, and, and much, much more. Catherine, Bill, thank you so much for your time today. Listeners, to confidentially discuss how your organization might take advantage of immigration opportunities for physician recruitment, please contact Catherine Wadwani in Pittsburgh at 412-394-5540 or at cwadwani, that's C-W-A-D-H-W-A-N-I at foxrothschild.com. Bill Maruka may be reached at 412-394-5575 or at wmaruka, that's W-M-A-R-U-C-A at foxrothschild.com. Fox Rothschild LLP is a national law firm with 950 attorneys in 27 offices coast to coast. Visit us on the web at www.foxrothschild.com.